So if you've got a prayer need, you got something going on, I'm just going to invite you to lift up your hand and just say, God, I need, I want to be a part of that. I got, there's hands all over here. Let's pray. Lord, you know every situation. You see every hand. You know our situations better than we do. I pray, Lord, that you would restore, that you would restore mental health, that you would deal with anxiety and depression and get rid of that and fill it with joy, fill those lives with joy. I pray for physical healing, for relationships restored. I pray for finances. We lift these things all up to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Today we've got a baby dedication. Uh, so I'm going to invite uh, the, the parents and witnesses for Elon Espinoza to go ahead and come on up so we can dedicate this guy to the Lord. Is this Elon? Hi, Elon. Hi. <laughs> so, in the book of Numbers, God gave us a prayer to pray over our children and over our families. And so, we're going to pray this prayer over little Elon. And I'm going to invite everyone uh, of you to, to extend your hand towards him. And so, uh, would you bow your head and close? If your kids are near you, would you also uh, put your hand on them? and pray this same blessing over them. Just repeat after me. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. Lord, I pray over little Elon. I pray, God, that he would, like Jesus did, Lord, grow in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with men. I pray that he would be at the top of his class, Lord. I pray that he would grow strong and healthy. Sicknesses and disease would be far from him. I pray, Lord, that he would have great relationships, that he would be surrounded by good uh, Christian friends. But more than any of that, Lord, we pray that little Elon would have a strong relationship with you. We, put it, we give him back to you, Lord, as you gave him to us, and we, he's yours. So show us, Lord, how to raise him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. Thanks. So a few uh, months ago, I told Diane, I said, um, I think I want to go to Ireland. And uh, she, like so many of the other kind of random things I say, she just said, okay, right? All right. And I, it's not like I, I don't, like I'm not a beer drinker. I don't drink whiskey. I don't play golf. I'm sure there's more to Ireland than that. But just in my mind, I'm just thinking like, I don't know why I'd want to go to Ireland, but I felt like I was going to go to Ireland. For some, some, I just said that. A week later, I get an email from a pastor, a church planter in Ireland. And uh, I get a lot of those emails, to be honest, people asking for support or asking for, their, for help and financial help. And so, uh, but this one I felt, because of what had happened, I said, okay, I wanna, I'm going to respond. And um, I'm so glad I did. And so I met with Pastor Gary and heard about what's happening in, in Lisburn. And how do you say it? Lisburn. Lisburn, Northern Ireland. Yes. So uh, that's my best Conor McGregor right there. So 
And so I heard about what, was, what God was doing in Ireland, and I was so moved, and I just felt like God was putting us together to work together on some level. And I said, not only do I want to, we want to support you financially, um, but I want you to come and share what God is doing in Ireland. So would you please welcome Pastor Gary Bolton. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Angel. What a joy to be with you today, all the way from Ireland to Greeley, Colorado, some of the places the Lord brings you to, you wonder, how on earth did I get here? Anyone ever had that before? It's like, wow, on these crazy adventures with Jesus and seeking to follow him. I was so glad that the Lord connected me with Pastor Angel. It's just amazing how the Lord unfolds his purposes and plans and how he works things out. He just calls us on our, um, our responsibilities to follow, right? Our responsibilities to obey and um, to follow his leading and that's, that's what the Lord's taught me to do over the years. He said, you don't have to have a 10-point plan. You don't have to figure everything out. You just got to pray and obey, okay? Say that with me. Pray and obey. That's the Lord's call in our lives. Just one step at a time, one day at a time. And if we, we, we walk in the guidance he gives, we get more guidance. And if we don't walk in the guidance he gives, we don't get more guidance. That's how the kingdom works. And God is calling us to continue to trust him for more and more for the, the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ in, in Ireland and in, in, in the nations. So while we're on the subject of obeying, I just felt even during the, the opening block of worship, I didn't have this planned, but I felt the Lord highlighting to me Psalm 91, okay? And I just want to read a few verses. This hasn't got anything to do with my message. This is just something a bit random. But I've, I felt the Lord highlighting it to me, and I just want to, um, I just want to read it to you. I just sense the Holy Spirit leading me and saying that there's uh, someone in the gathering this morning, and you've been caught in some sort of trap. Um, it's not any fault of your own. It, it wasn't any wrongdoing in your part. It was just we live in a fallen world, and these things happen, and sometimes we get caught in situations. And we're wondering how on earth did I get into this situation? And I felt the Lord saying today that he wants to release you from that. And it's from Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And here's the verse. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will deliver you from the, the, he, the snare of the fowler, right? A, fa a fowler, somebody who um, sets snares uh, to catch birds, okay? And the idea obviously is that the, the snare is set in a way, of course, very obvious, that the bird doesn't know that the snare's there. The fowler set it up in that way. And the bird flies into the snare and the snare en entangles the bird and the fowler has, has um, achieved his goal. And sometimes in life, even though the Lord promises us protection in life, sometimes for whatever reason, we find ourselves caught through no wrongdoing of our own. I just wanna say to you today, whoever that is, I'd love you to come at the end. I'd love to pray for you. The Lord says you're released from that. And that's, that's, that's the word of the Lord for someone here today. Praise God. So what a joy it is uh, to be here today. 
uh, to continue on this journey of faith that the Lord has me on and my family as we continue to uh, just take steps of faith into the fullness of his, his plan. And I connected with Pastor Angel back in, I think it was October time. I got to meet Ben as well. And I was sharing my story and, uh, you know, I don't have it all together. I don't have everything figured out, but we're trusting the Lord and we're walking in the guidance that he, he gives us. And I, I said something to Pastor Angel, I think it resonated with him, that whole idea of, I know what I'm doing, but I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and he's like, hey, I'm like that too. We're sort of building the plane as we fly it. And we don't always get it right, but the Lord has an incredible way of continuing just to, to, to open doors. And we've been through this whole experience as a family in the last year, 18 months, where the Lord called us to step down from the leadership of our church that we had planted and established and given our whole lives to for 10 years. And the, the church was like on the upward tra trajectory and things going really well. And the story that I'm going to share with you is, is about our story of the Lord calling us to relinquish all of that and let go of that and turn the church over to a new pastor and relinquish our salary and step out in faith with no guarantee of any salary apart from his promise of provision, which is enough, right? And the word of the Lord is always enough over our lives. And his word always comes to pass. And he opens doors that no person can shut. And he shuts doors that no person can open. And our trust is in the Lord. And we will not fear what man can do unto us. Our trust is in the Lord God Almighty. And I want to show you some slides today, some photos of my family and of a little bit of what we've been doing back in Ireland over the years and what God has called us to do in this next season. But first of all, I want to frame our story. I want to set it in some sort of biblical context. Um, I want to read you some verses from the life and story of Abram, who became known as Abraham. Of course, God changed his name from Abram to Abraham because God's in the business of changing things. Aren't you glad about that? that the Lord is still in the business of transformation, seeking and saving the lost, redeeming situations, just like we, we prayed there with Pastor Angel at the beginning of the, the service. Lord, come and turn things around. Situations that seem impossible, but what might be impossible to man is possible with God. Isn't that so true? And I feel even my um, coming to you today here at Mosaic Church, and I'm so humbled and thankful to be here, is very timely for you guys too. When the Lord would, would say to you, oh, any sense of human limitation that God has put on your minds, and um, my mind too, that the Lord would lift that off and give us new levels of faith to dream and trust him for the unimaginable in our lifetime. You know the stuff that we've read in books going back 50 years, 100 years, the Lord says, you're gonna write your own book. You're gonna write your own book. And this was Abraham's story. He was from a place called the Ur of the Chaldees. He was really uh, living in a pagan context in a large city. He wasn't a worshiper of Yahweh, the one true and living God. He worshiped the moon and the stars. God comes to him and meets him. And Abraham responds in faith. And Abraham's life is turned around and transformed by the power of God. 
God begins to lead him step by step in this great adventure of faith. And of course, the coming of Abraham and his faith opens the door to the coming of our Savior, the Lord Jesus. And when we go to the genealogy of Christ there in, in Matthew, we see that Abraham plays a, a special role. He's the father of the Jewish nation. God comes to him here in Genesis 2. And the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. This is what's known as the Abrahamic covenant, God's promise to Abraham. What I want you to notice about these verses is when God comes to Abraham, he requires of Abraham partnership. Okay, that's really important. Say the word partnership. Partnership, okay? And that's the way God works. I know we can, we can pray at home one day and God can perform his works. But very often as we begin to pray, the Lord says, now I want you to begin to partner with me. That's what he says to Abraham. You have a part to play in this and your part is you gotta get up from your country and leave your people and leave your father's house and you gotta start moving toward a land that I will, that I will show you, okay? So he didn't, he didn't have it all worked out. He didn't have step one, two, three, four. He just had step one. Get up, move out, and I will show you as you move, I will unfold my plans for you. So that's very important, very important in our story very important in your story, in your walk with God, the Lord would have you to partner with him. And when he begins to show you through his word, through worship, through communion with him, through the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us, you know that recurring thought and you can't shake it off? You're trying to, oh, I don't want that thought. Is that what God's asking me to do? And it comes to you again a couple of days later when you're driving the car, you can't shake that thought as the Lord continually comes and he's showing you this is something that he wants you to do. It might be a hard, tough conversation you need to have. It, it, it might be something financial you have to do with the Lord saying, I, I, I want you to sacrifice financially and I want you to give toward that project or toward that person. This is what God does. And the more we obey, the more blessing comes our way. Because who's come to realize that we can't outgive God? <laughs> the more we give to him, the more, the more he gives back. Now, I'm not saying, you know, we give $20 into the offering today and God says, I'll give you 100 back next week. No, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I'm just talking about the more we give our lives to God. Might be money, might be time, might be energy, our gifts, our talents, our kids. He has this way of replenishing us and encouraging us and prospering our ways. And this is what was happening to Abraham. And Abraham obeys and he moves out, not knowing where he was going. And the Lord says, but every step of the way, I will show you. And then God comes to Abraham again in Genesis 15. And the Lord is gracious to come again and again and again to us because he knows that we're human. He knows our frailties and our weaknesses and he comes in those moments of fear or anxiety and he comes with a word of reassurance. He might come through a word through scripture. He might send a person into our lives. He might cause us to listen to a certain podcast 
God can do that in a thousand ways. But if that's what you need today, a word of reassurance, the Lord is here to give that to you. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, you have given me no children. You see, there's this promise that Abram had received as part of the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis 12, that from him, Abraham and Sarah, from the two of them would come this promised child. And the years were ticking by and the child hadn't, hadn't arrived. So Abraham was, he was 75 years old when God gives him the promise of a promised child. And Sarah was 65 doesn't God love to make it difficult? Who's ever given, the God a, who's ever given God a suggestion? Lord, I can, th- I can think of a far better way to do that. It would be so much quicker. It'd be less difficult for me. And Lord, I think it would bring you more glory. The Lord says, I think we'll just stick to my way. Because he creates impossible situations so that when the possible comes, when he makes the impossible possible, Who gets the glory? We can't play any part. That's our story as a family. So anything I share today, I'm only sharing what God has done. It's been his grace and his faithfulness. So the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. Isn't God so practical the way he works? Take a good look at those stars or go down by that seaside and try to count the grains of sand. The Lord says, if indeed you can count them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord, there's the faith and trust, and he credited to him as righteousness. We find this uh, same quote in the New Testament in the book of Romans where it says, the just shall live by faith. And then, One final section in Genesis 21, 1 to 6. Now, the Lord was gracious to Sarah. It's all starting to happen. You ever sit sometimes and think, will it ever happen? Imagine how Sarah felt all these years later. At this stage, Abraham is 100 years old and Sarah is 90. Perfect circumstances. Perfect, just the way we would want it to be. Perfect circumstances for the Lord to come and to show and reveal his glory. Now, the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. He always fulfills his promises. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac, to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. I hear a few people laughing. Why are you laughing? This is ridiculous, isn't it? Sarah thought so. God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. Can you imagine people in the local community? 
Did you hear what happened to Sarah? Old Sarah from down the street. She had a baby boy. Like, like Sarah, that Sarah? Like, Sarah? Yes, she had a baby boy. And the whole community was laughing. And even here today in Greeley, Colorado, we're all laughing. And God is reminding us that that's what he's in the business of doing. He's in the business of performing works and acts that we will all laugh together at the wonderful works of God. Who needs a little bit more laughter in their lives? Yes, I do too. And one thing that laughter does is it helps us to celebrate the goodness of God. And it reminds us that Jesus is Lord and that he's on his throne. And the scripture says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So laughter actually brings strength to our bodies and our lives and our families. And we would say, Lord, cause us to laugh more and rejoice more in your wonderful, wonderful works. And God leads Abraham and Sarah into all this fullness. And of course, there's the whole story about um, the land of Israel and the Canaanites were there and God dealt with the enemies and um, they, they took the land and Isaac was born and from Isaac came Jacob and from Jacob, the 12 sons of Israel and a whole nation was born. And then sure, we're all sons and daughters now of Abraham. Those of us who are born again through the Lord Jesus. We're sons and daughters of Abraham through Christ. What an incredible thing the Lord has done throughout history. And he's, he's unfolded his plan and he's continuing to unfold his plan. And here's the beautiful part. We're, we're all caught up in his plan. Those of us who know Jesus and trust him and follow him, we're now caught up in this wonderful story of redemption. And I don't know about you, but I haven't, I haven't traveled the whole way from Ireland to Greeley, Colorado, just, just for what we would say back in Ireland, just for the crack. You ever heard that saying, crack? I know, sorry, it means something different in the US. I'm gonna get myself in. I should have qualified. The word crack, C-R-A-I-C, that's the Irish word for fun and laughter. Okay? So I know I gotta be careful when I'm in churches in the US. It's like, Gary, stop talking about the crack. It means something entirely different over there. What I'm talking about, I can reassure you, it's fun and laughter. The Irish guy coming with fun and laughter. That's what the Lord has for us. And Abraham got up, he went forward and he obeyed and he trusted the Lord. He messed up a few times along the way like the rest of us. And, um, but don't think you're big enough to spoil God's plan by messing up a little bit here and there. He's just like the Google Maps when I, I'm staying in, uh, with a, a lovely family in Fort Collins and I traveled across to Greeley this morning and I came across some roadworks. Anyone else encounter those roadworks today? And the Google Maps redirected me. And every time I see that, it reminds me of the grace of God. I say, Lord, thank you every time I mess up. You have this incredible way of redirecting me and making it look like I never made a mistake in the first place. Isn't he good? Yes. So that's our story as a family, that our story of faith. This is my wife, Catherine. She's the one who puts up with me. And she's the one who says to me every now and again, Gary, I think it would be a really, really good for you to go away for the weekend. I would love to bless you. You can go away with your buddies. You can go away and do whatever you want. In fact, I'll finance it. I love you so much, but I think you need a little break. That's her way of getting a break from me. 
We have a little saying back in Ireland, if someone's talking, talking, talking incessantly, and it is, that person is talking like a washing machine. That's one of them. says, Gary, you're talking like a washing machine. Church planting, connections with America, pastors, next trip. She just wants to watch television with a lovely mug of coffee. Any other wives feel like that every now and again? Oh, I see a little hand get up. Don't worry, I won't. So this is my wife, Catherine. We have a beautiful God grace, grace story. So Catherine was brought up in a Christian home. I wasn't. Catherine trusted Jesus as a young child and in her early teens got away from the Lord. And that happens. That happens to some of our teenagers. They go on a little detour. They try it their own way. But the Lord never leaves them. Remember that today. The Lord never leaves them. And I pray for every teenage child connected to this church that not one of them will be lost. I pray that in Jesus' name today. And this is my wife's story. Just She followed Jesus as a young girl and then just through the circumstances of life, some discouragement, disappointment, she decided to go her own way. And we went to high school together. I would love to say we were high school sweethearts, but we weren't because we were in the same high school class for a number of years and we never talked to each other once. Okay, so it's not the lovely romantic story. It is at the end, but not at the beginning. One of the reasons we never talked to one another is she sat at the back of the class getting on with her work and I sat at the front of the class. The teacher put me there. (laughs) Don't need to say anything else about that, okay? So fuck. I'm indebted to a lady who lived in Belfast who was connected to a local church there and who had a heart for boys and girls who lived in the housing projects. That's where I was brought up in Belfast. And she befriended the kids and their parents and brought us along to the local Sunday school to hear the gospel. So I was eight, nine, 10 years of age, going along every Sunday. This lady turned up, her name was Anne Bailey, and she piled all these kids into her car And we used to hang out our sunroof and we used to hang out the windows and she just came back every Sunday because God had called her to love kids. And every week we would be taught the gospel and the way of the cross and the power of the blood of Jesus and all the beautiful Bible stories. And then I hit high school years, too cool for church, stopped going to church. And fast forward to when I was 18 years of age, left high school, and I find myself invited by some friends in a nightclub in Belfast City Center. And there I meet Catherine that night. And I recognized her from school. And we got chatting and we started dating. And about three months after we started dating, she introduces me to her mom, that scary experience, you know, of meeting the in-laws for the first time. She introduces me to her mom. And I'll never forget that time I met her mom. I recognized her mom and her mom recognized me. Where did we recognize one another from? The little Sunday school. Her mom was one of the Sunday school teachers in the little church that I attended as a boy. And something weird started happening in my life. I was like, what on earth is this? I later understood that that was God in his kindness and in his grace meeting Catherine and I that night in that nightclub and he was rolling out his plan for our lives. So that was April 1997. From then until October 97, I went through these experiences of, wow, God just tracking me down. I started reading my Bible secretly, reading through the Gospels. And Catherine saw this weird change going on in me and says, 
Why are you always talking about church and talking about Jesus and asking questions? I said, I'm just trying to figure stuff out in my mind. Well, I lasted until the 21st of October, 1997. And I made my way back to the little church that I went to for Sunday school six years, uh, six years earlier. And same pastor there on a Tuesday evening prayer meeting, because I remembered the pastor's announcements that there was a prayer meeting on Tuesday evening, stuck with me in my mind. And he, I, he said, can I help you? I said, I've got a huge problem. I've got this weight of sin on my life and I need forgiveness and I need Jesus. And he said, you've come to the right place. And he opened up the New Testament and he took me through several verses to make sure I understood what it meant just to trust Jesus. And he said, we can deal with this problem right here and now. I says, like, now? Like, he says, yeah. He says, all you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord and he'll save you. And that night I did that. I simply acknowledged that I was a sinner and I believed that Jesus had died for me and I trusted him to be my savior and everything changed for me. Praise God. Everything changed. And a few months later, Catherine was restored in her faith in Jesus. We went on to get married in June 2000. And so it ended romantically. And God has blessed us with a beautiful family. And we're so thankful for that. We're so thankful for our kids. So the Lord has blessed us with um, four daughters and three sons. Our eldest boy, who's now outgrown me, um, he's 19. And the little boy at the front, Joshua, he's, not, he's five. Um, and we're, we're all serving the Lord together. We're all in this crazy adventure together. Here's a few pictures of Ireland. Anyone been to Ireland? Yes? Not yet? Um, Cliffs of Moher. When you've, did you visit the Cliffs of There's the Cliffs of Moher there. Don't you just want to go when you see it? Yeah? And um, we're famous for our castles in Ireland. This is called the Rock of Cashel. Most visitors go to the Rock of Cashel. And this is a picture of Dublin City. Two million people in Dublin City and a real need in Dublin for new churches. Um, so there's 7 million people live in Ireland. 2 million of those live in Dublin. Well, we, I was brought up in Belfast, and I'm a Belfast boy. My wife's a Belfast girl. And back in 2009, we relocated from Belfast to another city called Lisburn. We, we, we moved there really for, um, with a growing family. We were able to get a bigger house uh, at an affordable price. So we moved out of the busy city of Belfast. We moved out to, Nor uh, to Lisburn, Northern Ireland. But what we, what we didn't know was the Lord had set us up there. To, he was setting us up to plant the church there. You know how it works. And we began to develop a real heart and passion for um, two housing communities in our city, one Catholic and one Protestant. And we've had a lot of problems with uh, Catholicism and Protestantism and people from both sides of the community over the years. Uh, more, more political, more tribal than it was to do with faith. Um, but anyway, we had a war there in nor the northern part of Ireland from 1968 to 1998. 4,000 people lost their lives. The IRA were involved in that and stuff. I'm sure some of you have heard of that. Praise the Lord that in 1998 there was a peace agreement formed. And it's, a, it's a safe to go to Northern Ireland now as it is anywhere in the world. Well, the Lord called us to plant the Journey Church. Um, and we worked across these two communities, communities where you had a main road, a 
People hadn't even crossed the street in 10 years. That's how divided these communities were. And the Lord spoke to us and said, I want you to work, plant the church to bring reconciliation through the gospel to these communities. And we did that. And we started off in my home, then we transitioned to a rented community facility. And then the Lord gave us this incredible building right in the heart of the two communities. And we've had the joy over the years of bringing people together, looking down in Sunday morning worship and seeing, oh, that's John from the Protestant community and that's Sarah from the Catholic community. And because that's the way we talk in Northern Ireland, everything's Catholic, Protestant. Now we're trying to get away from that, even as, as believers. We're saying to people, it's not a Catholic thing, it's not a Protestant thing, it's a Jesus thing. And it's about him. And over the years, the Lord's enabled us to open a counseling center to help bring healing and hope to people. And then a couple of years ago, we opened the kids' indoor adventure playground. Um, doesn't that look fun? I've had a go on it myself. When it was closed, I went one night and had to go on the slides. Anyway, this is a center that we use to bring the community together, build relationships, share the gospel. As I'm sure some of you parents with kids have been in these types of centers, they're really for the parents, these centers. They sit and drink coffee and the kids play. So it's really a parents play center. And this is happy days. And we've used soccer a lot over the years to bring kids together and share the gospel. And we have a cafe as well connected to the soft play center. And this runs as a business from Tuesday to Saturday. And so it generates an income which we use to bless the counseling center and other, other parts of our, our, our community. So this church was on the upward tra trajectory Things were going really well, and it all, it all changed. Um, standing on this bridge here in the center of Belfast, this is where the Titanic ship was built, right here. See this yellow crane in the background? That was used to construct the Titanic ship. April 2020, I'm standing on this bridge, leaning on the rail, looking out over the river, just reflecting on things, and I, I, I sense the Lord dropping into my spirit that your time at the Journey Church is coming to an end. I was like, what? Was that, was that the Lord? And you know how it works with God. He confirms and he confirms it through scripture and other people. And over the next few months, it was very, very clear that um, the Lord was calling us. And the call was this. And my wife got on board too with it. She got on board as well. The Lord, she had her own encounter with the Lord and the Lord called our whole family. And the call was this. Step down from your position at the Journey Church. Relinquish your salary. Turn the church over to another pastor and step out in faith, just like Abraham. And we had many questions. And the Lord didn't give us all the answers. He just says, pray and obey, and I will show you the way, and I will help you make the connections you need to make. So it was a challenging time for us, but also an exciting time. The call was this, to help plant new churches right throughout Ireland. The significance of standing on the bridge, we were to do this new ministry in partnership with Irish leaders, Irish pastors and churches and organizations, but also in partnership. This is the significance of the bridge. We had to build a stronger kingdom bridge between the United States and Ireland. And we were like, Lord, we don't know anyone in the United States. Sarah again laughing. The Lord says, I know a few people there. Don't you worry, just you keep close to me and I'll, I'll, I'll show you how to do it. And that was the call on our lives. For a couple of years prior to the, this um, experience with the Lord and the bridge, we met this guy with the gray hair, Jeff Metzger. He's the CEO of a mission sending organization in Fort Myers, Florida. 
He, he arrived at our church in Ireland through a random set of circumstances. We didn't know at the time it was a divine setup. The Lord was connecting us with the US through this organization. So my wife and I are now affiliates with this mission sending organization and they vouch for us and help provide credibility for us in the US when we're connecting with churches. So the Lord really began to show us to reach out and share our story with US leaders and pastors. And us Irish people are very reserved. And we're like, Lord, what do you mean share our story? Put ourselves forward? Yes. And we argued with the Lord a little bit with that back and forth. And the Lord gave us a choice. He says, you can do it my way or you can do it your way. It's not the choice, they the choices the Lord always gives us. So we said, Lord, I think we'll do it your way. And we began to reach out and share our story with, we, we strategically and intentionally, we began to pray over a map of the United States. We broke the US down into states and down into cities. And we came to a city called Greeley. And we were looking for churches who carried the same DNA as us, a passion for the Great Commission, people of faith. You know how to spell the word faith? R-I-S-K. The Lord says, you've got to take a risk in faith. You've got to step out. And I contacted, I came across this church called Mosaic Church. You ever heard of it? And I saw this pastor called Pastor Angel. I listened to a couple of his online messages. I listened to some of your worship. I read through your vision, values, and beliefs. I thought, that's the sort of church I think I would like to connect with. And I sent Pastor Angel an email, and he responded. <laughs> it just gets more hilarious. I says, Lord, these people are responding to the email that I would delete. And the Lord was just working it all out. And we met in October. I met with ben, Pastor Ben, Pastor Angel, and it's just been a wonderful God connection. So our vision, this is a map of Ireland. Do you know in the southern part of Ireland, so I'm currently located up in the northern part, this gray part, in the southern part, there's 72 towns with 5,000 people or more with no church at all. You didn't think that about Ireland, did you? Ireland has gotten away from the Lord. The southern part of Ireland is really a post-Christian nation. The Lord has called our family to spearhead a new church planting movement to see a church planted in all 72 of these towns. That's laughable too, isn't it? <laughs> but we're trusting the Lord for that. And the Lord says, you keep reaching out to the U.S., you keep forming partnerships and there's people there who will partner with you to see this vision become a reality. You know that during the Irish potato famine around like 250 years ago, there were 1.5 million Irish citizens relocated to the United States. That's why so many people in the US have Irish roots. And many of those people would have brought the gospel to the US. And the Lord's saying, we're, we're building this stronger bridge to give people an opportunity to sow back into the nation of Ireland again. And in turn, it will bless the United States too. So the Lord has called us to the very southern part, the province of Munster, this like orange-red color. It's down where the Blarney Stone is. Anyone ever heard of the Blarney Stone? It's right down there. And the Lord's opened, very clearly opened the door for us to establish a church there which will be a resource hub. It will have a training center to train leaders, to plant churches across Ireland. It will have a counseling center, probably have one of these kids indoor adventure playgrounds. It will have all sorts of compassion ministries. And the purpose is to win people for Jesus 
and see them become mature disciples and they begin to reach out for, uh, to their neighbors. We're trusting God for the whole nation. That's what we're trusting the Lord for and we feel that's what the Lord wants to do. So this is, this is a guy that the Lord's connected us with, uh, Tim and his wife, Sarah, in a town called Ballincollig in County Cork or as they would say in the US, Cork County. We put the county first. I don't know who's right. But to us, it's County Cork. A a town of 20,000 people. I wish I could take you there today to walk in and around that town, to see the young moms, see the kids. A beautiful town, a modern town. Nice shopping mall, lovely cafes and restaurants, lots of um, beauty therapists working there, the, the women like that. But no church. No church. And the Lord's saying, this has to change. I'm connecting with you with people right across the United States who are going to partner with you to see this change take place. Would you trust God with me in that? Would you stand with us in that? Thank you for your, for, for, for your love and for the opportunity to come here today. Let's stand. I'd love to pray with you just in closing. And I want you to trust God for your situation too. My story is not for you to go, wow, what an amazing story. You can do that, but it's also to stir faith in you to say, Lord, do it again in my life. Do it in my marriage. Do it in my kids. Do it in my community. Do it in my finances. Lord, the God of restoration, we open our hearts to you. Lord, we pray today, we invite the fullness of your power and provision right into the center of Mosaic Church. Lord, it feels like being here today. Lord, I I hear the phrase in my spirit, they're only getting started. They're only getting started. And Lord, I pray you will refresh every leader, replenish, fill up their tank, energize them, give them the quality time that they need with their families. Give them those times of rest that they need to recuperate to get the fresh strength that they need. Lord, for this Mosaic family, I pray right across this auditorium today, I pray replenishment and refreshment and encouragement and fresh faith to trust God for their personal situations. And Lord, for this bridge that's being built between Ireland and the United States, strengthen that bridge. Lord, cause all sorts of wonderful blessings to flow back and forth. Bless Ireland. Bless the U.S., bless Ireland, bless the U.S. and the nations. I pray for the nation of the United States today. Pray for this wonderful nation, a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. Lord, sweep many people into the kingdom. Revive Ireland, revive the U.S. Lord, we're humbled today at your grace and your goodness. And we commit ourselves into your hands, giving you thanks in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Bless you all. Now you see why I wanted him to come and tell you what he told me in my office. I was excited and we are partnering with him. And as a matter of fact, our legacy offering, a part of that offering is going to go towards this work. But if you'd like to give towards that, if you give online today, just select missions and everything that goes comes in Uh, for missions this weekend is all going to go to this work also. So my daughter Marissa is going to come and she's going to wrap up our service. Maybe you were listening this morning to Pastor Gary's story of being in the nightclub and feeling like he's looking for answers in all these places and he can't find them. 
If that's you, we know what that's like. Everyone in this room who has a relationship with God also started out feeling lost and looking for answers. So if you want to say this prayer with me this morning, it's a simple prayer. There's nothing special behind the words, just the heart behind it. Will everyone close your eyes and bow your head? Dear God, forgive me for every evil thing I've ever done. Thank you for dying for me on the cross. Today I make a promise to follow you. I make you Lord of my life. Please help me to be more like you. Amen. You may be seated. If you said that prayer for the first time today or with any conviction in your heart, we just want to say congratulations. We are so happy that you've made that decision and we want to support you on your walk. So if you'll scan this QR code and select New Believer, we have some materials we want to send you just to walk with you on this new journey. If this is your first time at Mosaic, welcome. We are so happy you're here and we want to get to know you. So will you also scan this QR code, select first time visitor. We just have... We want to introduce ourselves, get to know you a little bit better. I have a couple quick announcements. I'm just going to run right through them so we can all get going and have lunch. <laughs> okay, so first one. Um, it is Good Friday service on Friday, April 7th at 7. So April 7th at 7, we're having Good Friday here. Just a time of remembrance and, and worship for Good Friday. On Easter Sunday, invite everyone you know. Like Pastor Gary said, we should be called to invite those who we know in our lives who do not have a relationship with God to connect them to Jesus and find that peace. So invite anyone you know to Easter on Sunday. We have three service times, and you'll see the paper, uh, the invite at the info card. We also need Dream Team. So if you come to Mosaic, you know that every Sunday, this wouldn't happen without our amazing Dream Team. And Easter is like the Super Bowl for church, right? So we need a lot more dream team than we normally do. So as you're exiting church, you'll see blue tables on your left-hand side. That's where you'll sign up to serve. We were created to serve. And so please sign up. We want to get to know you, serve alongside you for Easter Sunday. Our last form of worship today is our tithes and offering. We have four ways to give, which are on the screen. Um, I, I agree with Pastor Gary. The more that I give of myself, of my time, of my resources sacrificially, the more that I have felt God give back to me in joy and love and contentment and patience and peace. So I'm going to say a prayer over blessing our offering and blessing all of us to have a great week. I hope to see you again next week, and I hope you have a great Sunday. Close your eyes with me. Dear God, thank you. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for blessing us enough to be here this morning. Help us this week. Help us to walk in your faith 